welcome to episode three of State Champs Extra Innings Podcast for the state of Michigan alongside Lamphere High School head coach Adam Woolley. I'm your host, Rob Mendeika. This week, we will take a look at coaching in the inner city as we sit down with longtime skipper of the Detroit Western International Cowboys, Juan Sanchez. But first, let's recognize our sponsors who make this podcast possible. State Champs Michigan Extra Innings Podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports, including baseball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Extra Innings is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA is in need of officials, so go to mhsaa.com. Uh, become a part of a great way to stay connected to the game. Support the kids and give back and get paid. Help is wanted, and it's just a whistle away. Go to mhsaa.com slash officials. The pros at the Detroit Medical Center's Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine want you to check out our Game Changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on our website, statechampsnetwork.com or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for immediate access to care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. And lastly, and the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Awards, the state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on Monday, June 14th at the incredible DAC in downtown Detroit. This year's nominees to be announced in mid-April. That's right now, so be on the lookout for that. For more information, head over to DACAthleteoftheyear.com. And let's pass along to all the listeners a special thank you to the Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association. The MHSBCA works tirelessly to promote the game of baseball by creating opportunities for coaches to connect and stay informed through clinics, social media, and incredible events like the annual high school all-star game and the Hall of Fame inductions. For more information, to stay connected or to join, head on over to their website at www.mhsbca.org. That's www.mhsbca.org. All right, well, let's do what we do best and jump into the highlights of the week around the state. It was a jam-packed week of baseball around the state. And let's go around the horn and find out what happened this week in high school baseball. No better way to start than at the top. Orchard Lake St. Mary's train continues to roll. Yesterday, they hosted Brother Rice and Catholic League action and a matchup that came and the train kept coming for the nationally ranked Eaglets as they swept the Warriors 15-0 and 11-1. I actually stopped by this game for three innings and saw what I needed to see. <laughs> Mike Irish, Brock Porter, and Nolan Schubert, they played long ball while John Essig struck out 10 of the 14 hitters he faced. OLSM is a perfect 13-0 and 8-0 and in league play on the year, while Rice is 8-3 and and 4-2 and in the CHSL. And Troy, it was a busy week for the Athens Redhawks as they went 3-for-3 three three on the week with wins over Notre Dame Prep, Cousineau, and Frankenmuth. Nate Reif had a huge week with a homer, eight RBIs, my goodness, and five runs scored. And Hunter Pydeck had a, both a win and a save for Athens. They open OAA play on Monday against Royal Oak. Oh, Hunter's taken off there. He's doing a great job. Oakland, you commit and a kid who really worked himself into some, into a great place toward the North Richmond's 10 and 0 with five wins against division one schools this year. Juniors Bennett, Hitzelberger and Hudson Davenport. They're leading the way on a mound for the blue devils while offensively Carson Gee and Reese Rinna have paced Richmond this season. (laughs) 
Grand Ledge improved to 6-0 on the year behind with wins this week against Fowlerville and Mount Pleasant. Senior Noah Warren was a monster. Warren was 10 for 14 with three doubles, three homers, and 13 ribbies and notched a win pitching six innings, striking out 12. His teammate Caden Nowak went five for 10 on the week with two doubles, five RBIs, while striking out six in just over three innings of work. So that's called carrying the team, coach. A little bit. And, you know, I'm kind of jealous of Noah. He had more home runs in one week than I had in my entire high school career. Um, over in Livonia, Franklin earned a split of a doubleheader with crosstown rival Churchill and a sweep of Garden City. They finished the week with four wins and one loss. The highlight of the week was a 2 nothing no-hitter by Franklin junior hurler Zach Alessic, who tallied 14 Ks in his no-nos. The Patriots are 6-1 and one on the season. How many no-nos have you seen, Coach, throughout your career, Willie? How many have you seen as a coach Not or a player? Not a lot. Uh, you know, in fact, I can't remember. I don't think we've ever been. No, God, that's a jinx right there. Never mind. We're going to move on. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of pitching gems, Portage Northern's Ethan getting through a perfect game on Tuesday, striking out 18 on just 72 pitches. Talk about efficiency, which enabled them to come back on Saturday and notch a tub against Granville Portage Northern, uh, who is 7-3 overall. In other West Side news, Buchanan took out five of six this week and to move to seven and one overall. Wow. Wow, perfect game. And in Detroit, Western International played just a single game this week, falling 5-1 to one against a very tough Dakota team. Uh, Derek Garcia started the game for the Cowboys, while Joaquin Martinez and Hector Jaimez led the way with uh, offensively. Western is 5-2 and two on the year. And with that coach, it is time to bring in the head coach of Detroit Western International Academy, where he helms as one of the finest programs of the state. His schedule is second to none, and you can't help but be inspired by watching his players perform everything from warm-ups to the last out of any game. He began coaching in 2003 along Mike Vasquez and took the reins over in 2011. Since then, he has ripped off 219 wins and has been a part of 400 total. Please welcome Juan Sanchez to the Extra Innings Podcast. Let's give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Juan. And, you know, you are truly one of my favorite people in all of this sport. And, uh, you know, it's just great to have you on the show. So why don't we start right there and talk a little bit about your life in baseball, where it all started for you. And, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, where you played in high school, what you did in college and how, what was your roadmap to getting yourself into coaching? Uh, well, first, thanks for the compliment, Adam. Uh, you know, when we meet, when we play, those five minutes is never really enough to catch up. So this is actually kind of cool. Um, but, you know, um, I started um, my high school playing career. I went to uh, Catholic Central. It was in Redford at the time. Uh, played for John Salter there uh, from uh, 92 to 94. Um, with that, uh, I earned a scholarship at U of D Mercy when they still had baseball uh, under the legendary coach, Bob Miller, um, who recently passed away. You know, um, that was a tough day. Great man. You know, 1950s whiz kids. You know, I played for a guy that pitched in the bigs and, who pitched against, you know, some serious hall of famers. So, um, I, I was exciting. And so after playing, um, didn't get into coaching right away, never really had plans to coaching. Um, some of my early mentors, uh, Angel Garcia, uh, saw me on a Sunday and, um, he coached my cousins who, you know, obviously filled the passion for the game with me, you know, Mike Bosca is being one of them. He coached Mike, my cousin Gerald as well. And, uh, he saw me, he was like, Hey, you got too much knowledge to be out here, you know, messing around in this men's league, you know, you need to be coached. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. And, you know, and, and I told him and I said, Hey, you know, I, I like playing still, but you know, um, it's not as fun when the mind 
knows what to do and the body's like slow down dude so right. mm -hmm. <laughs> um I came out and helped him a little bit. Didn't really go to games, just kind of helping him at a practice here and there. And um, the next year it was like full court press. And he called Mike and said, Mike, I need you guys to take over the program, you know, just, just come out and be assistant coaches and blah, blah, blah. And so when Mike approached me, I said, Hey, you know, I'll do it, but if we're going to do it, we got to do it right, man. And we have to have a plan and and we got to get things in place because, you know, I've seen the kids that are there and there's talent, but you know, there's no development with no structure and stuff. And, and not that coach Garcia wasn't doing those things. He was just one person. Right. And, you know, it, it gets very difficult to do that when you're just one person. So um, I think it just kind of springboard there. Our, our very first team, he told us, you know, don't expect anything. You don't really have too much you know, but you got two freshmen or four freshmen that are solid. And we agreed with the assessment and um, we didn't make our city playoffs that year. We had two seniors quit our third and fourth hitter. And, um, you know, we ended up uh, winning districts and upsetting a, um, a very good Martin Luther King team who had a central Michigan uh, commit on their team. And I want to say we beat them on three straight suicide squeezes. And, wow. um, just a crazy game. Right. And just getting these kids to believe and buy into what we were trying to tell them. And so those two seniors that quit wanted to come back for regional and, and I had to tell them, sorry, <laughs> you know, sorry, we can't do that. But, um, we ran into Warren Mott who had Thurman at the time and, uh, we gave him a battle. We lost a 12, seven game. And I think it just kind of took off from there. That, that first group is, you know, it's kind of cliche-ish, but they are definitely the foundation of what is product today. And those kids, you know, still come around and they want to be a part of things. Right. Coach, can I get a hat? Coach, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, coach, I like those new jackets. You right. know, I'm like, right. hey, they're for the players, not for you guys now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, you hit on a lot of things here. Um, and, and so I, I, the first thing that stuck out to me when you first started talking, uh, when you got into it is, um, about, you know, coach Garcia and you said he was just one man, right. And how important yeah. it is to have a good coaching staff. So I, I got a list of questions for you, but I don't know if I'm going to get to them all because of some of the stuff you just said. So I got <laughs> questions that come off the top for me now and it's something we have not hit on yet on the show, uh, so far. So I think it's important. Um, so I'd like to get both you and, uh, coach Woolley's take on it is how important is it for you to have a good coaching staff surrounding you? You just mentioned you can't do it on your own, right? As much as you want to do it and you have a certain way of doing things, how important is it for you to have a good couple assistant coaches or a full coaching staff, even all the way down from whether you have a freshman program, your JV coaches, everything to really, um, you know, cement the culture you're trying to build? Um, I mean, it's pivotal. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, we have to. So Mr. Garcia's sister was the principal at mm -hmm. Western at the time. Mm -hmm. And obviously baseball family, we have great support from our administration still do to this day. And um, she told us, look, I know that you guys know what you're doing on the baseball field, but your job is to build these young men and turn them into men. They have Absolutely. to be man's men. Man's men. Mm -hmm. And uh, she told us no matter how many wins and losses, that's first and foremost. So when you're talking about putting a staff together, that's, that's kind of where it's got to start. So not only did I need good baseball guys, I needed good men. Um, people who, who understood our community, people who, um, who are a part of the community 
here and really have a vested interest in not just, you know, the wins and losses, but what kind of men that we're putting out to the world after they graduate in four years. So that was, that is, that is huge when you, when you need, you, you got to have those support. And, you know, Adam will tell you the same thing. You got to have people who are very like-minded, but not uh, also not afraid to say, Hey coach, I don't agree with it. And we can have conversations yes. and, um, yes. and we go through it, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, the head coach has to make the decision. Um, but you know that you got the support of your coaches, whether they disagree with you or not. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to ride or die with those decisions. So absolutely, um, definitely, you know, the coaches, we've been fortunate to have some great coaches. Um, and, and honestly, a couple of, a couple of dads that have been a part of the program as well, too. Um, like I said, we're tight knit community. Adam will tell you, man, you know, there, there's plenty of people that come around our program that I can just throw them in there for an hour and then I know and be like, Hey, they're yours for an hour. And the kids are going to listen to you and they're going to come away a little bit better from that hour. That's awesome. So, Look, yeah. But instead of me jumping on, onto this, I really believe that, you know, your situation presents unique challenges and also unique opportunities. I really believe that, you know, mm -hmm. and when we look at things specific to the Latino community, you know, in particular, can you unpack that for everybody and, and just kind of explain the process of, of why that community and why your culture and in specific, your baseball culture is the way that it is, because I, I'm going to tell you right now, you, let me ask you this first though. Do you remember <laughs> our first meeting in 2011? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I remember the day. Yeah. Yeah. It was freezing. Sure. You remember that? Very cool. The, it, At your yes. place. Yes. And it was a Very tough game cool. for you guys, mm -hmm. but I remember yes. walking away from that. And I really, I mean this as the highest compliment. Your kids played ball the way that I wished our kids would play. They were loose. They were ready. They had a, a, a confidence and a swagger about them. And I, and I told Rob, you've gotten better than me since then. But, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, and, and when I watch it and, and you guys do that, can you explain the process or how you get that culture instilled when there are challenges, I mean, let's let's talk real about like some of the things that mm -hmm. you face and how you can overcome those by turning out good men and and, and, yeah. and making that part of your focal point. For sure. Well, I mean, to understand Western, you really got to understand Southwest Detroit, and it's it's literally a melting pot of cultures left and right. Some new, some old, some rooted, and some that are just coming in. And when when they renamed the school Western International, it was appropriate. I mean, if you come to our building, there's about 10 to 12 flagpoles out in front with all kinds of nationalities that represents what's sitting in that school every day. Mm -hmm. And it's a good reminder of what, what we're a part of here in the community. I think our school is a direct reflection of our community. So when you talk about like cultivating like the passion and stuff, for some of the kids already here, at least as far as when I talk about like our Latino kids, like our Mexican kids, our Puerto Rican, our Cubans, our Dominican kids that are in our neighborhood, um, you know, baseball is is kind of born into you, you know, with those mm -hmm. things. And so it's not hard to really tap into the passion and the want and know-how, but it's been a challenge to have kids at the high school level come in and be a little prepared. So when I told Mike, like, hey, you know, we need to do this right, part of that was making sure we had, like, either summer camps or, um, you know, we, we ended up starting our travel organization with the, uh, the bees, or excuse me, not starting it, but picking up from uh, a former Western alum who, who used to run the bees. And 
Mike and I kind of took over with some other coaches. And so when we, you do those things, you build up a culture. So I think after about year six or seven, when we first started finally getting a little bit of the, uh, respect and the, what was, you know, our due coming because you're an inner city team. I mean, Adam, you know this, you know, a lot of schools, they won't play in their city team. And when we first started coaching, it was people calling and finding out is Western worth playing. Right. And now it's people calling me and saying, is so-and-so worth playing? Yeah. Um, as far as, it's, yeah. as far as, it, as far as the competitive edge goes, you know, I mean, right. you know, you, you don't want to, I don't want to schedule cupcakes. You don't want to schedule cupcakes. And, you know, so, when you do those things, you, you got to be prepared as best as you can for it. So it, it, it's, it, it's definitely unique. I know I wouldn't trade some of the challenges that we have yeah. with some of the challenges some other schools and programs have. Um, but, um, you know, I love our kids. This is my community. I was born and raised here. And uh, this is, you know, this is my way of giving back. And, you know, if I'm going to preach it, I got to practice it. So this is my way of showing, not telling. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, Coach, I wanted to ask you, or just to elaborate a little bit on the Detroit Bees here, because uh, for me, you know, reading about that a little bit and you kind of, you know, touching on it a little, um, talk to me about, you know, how important that, you know, establishing that program and how it kind of fed, you know, almost making a little bit of like a feeder system a little bit for the school to, to mm-hmm. already kind of, I don't want to say expedite the process almost as far as building a culture for the program and kind of setting mm-hmm. a solid foundation. Because like you said, you don't, you don't have a, a little league or uh, something to kind of fall back on. Right. So some of these kids, right. since they were five. Um, talk to me about, you know, what the Detroit bees have allowed you guys to do from a program perspective. Um, you know, it's allowed us a lot. Of, like I said, that kid coming into the ninth grade now where I would say like, wow, so much talent just needs to be cultivated by the time he's a sophomore junior. You're like, right. okay, he's contributing. Now he's walking in our door day one as a ninth grader mm-hmm. he's used to how we teach he's used to how we expect things now we're talking about getting the ground running and really giving him a legitimate shot to maybe play at the next level or you know just come out a good high school baseball player i tell any kid that joins our program I, we've kept kids that let's be honest weren't baseball players but we we kept them around to keep them out of trouble you know there's been times the principal said this kid's on your team this year i just want you to know so, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, you know, but those are the kind of things that, you know, that's what, you know, coach Mike and I have done, you know, we've worked with kids outside of uh, baseball in the inner city, you know, with, uh, you know, some gang prevention stuff, you know, that's a whole other kind of thing that we've done mm-hmm. um, over the years in our careers. But, you know, when you do that, you know, it, it becomes a sense of, you know, just, you you realize you're more than just a coach. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, it's a it's a daily reminder. And I know a lot of my kids, you know, we're in the inner city. A lot of my kids may not have a parent at home. Uh, maybe some of them are being raised by a grandparent or they're in a hard situation. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes kids got to mispractice to go to work. Um, right. Especially, during right. The, you know, the, this pandemic has really kind of showed some some different challenges but absolutely hey you know this i tell the kids all the time we don't lose we learn let's take the lesson and 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 find how we can become better of it 
and not not hang our you know not harp on on the negative part you know let's move forward you know on the baseball field you know I picked this up from one of my former players who played in college he always used to just yell out to kids when things didn't go our way on the baseball field he'd yell out so what so I picked it up from him you know <laughs> absolutely and that's, that's me, absolutely right right and that's me understanding that my kids are going to teach me more than I can ever teach them at the end of the day when it comes down to it you know good leaders follow and I, you know, if, if you empower them in, in the way that um, they take ownership of the team and, you know, they're on top of their teammates and their brothers, then that's a beautiful thing. At the end of the day, I think I've done my job. You've talked a lot about challenges, but let's, let's transition over to opportunities. Um, the other day we were actually at, at 2SP and I ran into, uh, we talked off air about Mr. English there. I ran okay. into him, uh, the whole new 55 pounds of muscle put on of the kid. And uh, I, yeah, it's unbelievable. And yeah. um, the bottom line is, you know, what I've noticed about your program is that substantial growth from it being not even a handful of players, but like one or two that were moving on and up to the next level to a number of them that are mm-hmm. in that starting lineup and putting you on, on par with some of the better schools that are out there in your division, which is a lot to say because mm-hmm. we, and those opportunities are there for them. So my question to you sure. is this, when did you start to notice that this expectation was being embraced by your team as a whole and kind of letting it ride itself out. I mean, because I I know that there was a tipping point just for my own program where the expectation, you can say it all you want as the coach, but until they get it peer to peer or player to player, it really doesn't, you know, hit the ground running, so to speak, until they all get Mm -hmm. to that point. So Mm -hmm. when did you notice that this was something where a lot of the guys started thinking to themselves, you know what, I can make it to the next level and potentially get paid to do something like this by committing to what coach Sanchez is saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if there was an exact point, mm-hmm. but there is there is a time where back in probably 2016 or 17, where um, we already had, you know, like the Hector Terriers go to Michigan, the Nolan Wilsons go to Parkland and, you know, some really good ball players go off to big programs. But when I looked at our program, and we got to a point where I was saying, okay, this is who we have. This is who more than likely is going to be coming in um, as a freshman. And I started seeing the numbers in the 25 to 30 range. Mm-hmm. And I started saying, we're going to have to have a JV program. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that was huge because even now, and I haven't had to have them every year. So I probably had JV probably maybe five of the 20 years. Okay. And we're we're back at that point now. We have JV. I had to coach JV yesterday. So my JV coach was out of town coaching travel, and my varsity <laughs> was canceled. So I was coaching a JV doubleheader yesterday. Okay. So um, I think I think when we were able to do that and have the kind of good coaching problems that we talk about, Adam, like you know when you got good teams, when you have good problems, like you know I got kids fighting for a spot here and a, a spot there. That's yeah. when I knew I was like you know we got a good thing going here and you want to try and, and change it. And sometimes those things you have to shift as to what you're preparing for. So um, that was a point where we stopped doing the off season conditioning ourselves. Cause I would do, we would do that. And we started looking at other areas. Like you mentioned two SP. So in the last eight, nine years, two SP has been a part of our program. Our boys commit three days a week. 
Um, we fundraise and we pay for that to go lift them out there or uh, get them out there so they can get bigger, faster, stronger. Joe Neal does a phenomenal job. Unbelievable job. With, Unbelievable. With all athletes, not just baseball players. I mean, he, he is really, to me, he is the, he is the guy that, um, that kind of, you know, is a big difference maker. I almost wish I could keep him for myself, but I know other programs use him as well too. <laughs> But um, no, 2SP has been great. And, and that was that was a big difference because we started noticing things like, you know, our kids are hanging and we're, and we're good. and We're in games. But, you know, we didn't always have, you know, the, 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 the dominant guy, you know, the bigger, stronger guy. You know, so we, we had to we had to kind of change things. It wasn't just about baseball. We had to get bigger and stronger and, and a little bit faster. So. Um, that, that to me was kind of the big thing, um, Adam, when it came down to it, when I knew we had to do another shift change as to how we prepare for things, um, as far as it being on the field. Yeah. Coach, uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, your, your roster, uh, construction just a little bit, because you mentioned that you're, you know, the good problems to have as a head coach is where you got, you know, I got two really good shortstops, right. And, you know, how do I get these guys playing time or I got two good mm-hmm. left fielders, what have you. Um, what is for you, or I guess your philosophy or how, how do you, how do you break that down? How, what, is there an intangible that maybe outside of the talent that you look for in your players, you know, do they embody that, you know, that cowboy culture where you're just like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, I can rely, maybe he doesn't even have the most talent out of those two kids, but he plays more because he's more coachable. He's got a better attitude. He's, Mm -hmm. he's more passionate. He's a better leader. What talk about the tangibles that you look for, you know, when you're evaluating your players and, and dealing with those difficult situations. Um, the biggest intangible is basically, I, I, you know, I want to tame, I don't want to have to motivate. Okay. Um, I don't want to have to be the coach that comes in and says, Hey guys, we need more energy, stuff like that. I mm-hmm. want to have to tell my guys, Hey, keep Simmer it down, down. <laughs> keep, it, keep, keep it respectful. You right. know, I don't care how loud it is. I love it when other teams are loud, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but back it up with the play, back it up with the play. <laughs> You know, I mean, you can be loud all you want because then when, because nothing's better is Mm -hmm. when it gets quiet, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're loud and then it gets quiet. So, you know, it's a matter of two, you know, they got to respect the game on on top of it big time. And I think our kids do a good job, but, you know, um, and Adam, one of the big things, you know, Adam, going back to that first day, uh, Adam will, will tell you it was probably his first experience hearing a lot of kids talking in Spanish too. In the oh, end, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I, that is something I swear to you uh-huh. that guys still talk about to this day. And yeah. it, and you, it's so funny that you bring that up, man. Because when <laughs> we were doing infield. You know, I, I, you know, of course, the kids only have a limited amount in the Spanish vocabulary, but they're like, right. they're like getting that with that smoothness, you know, like, but I loved it. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. But, you know, we, you know, we've had a couple instances <laughs> where, you know, people didn't like it, you know, they didn't like it. And, yeah. you know, I had a coach tell me, you know, I don't think it's right. My coach, nothing's being said. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nothing's being said that isn't baseball. If I were to literally translate everything you would say, it would sound like just normal baseball banter. 
Yeah, Coach, I got another thing to, to kind of piggyback off what you just said right there. Have there been any unique challenges that maybe you've had to go through um, as a coach or as a program? Like you just said, right? Another coach said that's not right or something like that, that maybe um, some other programs don't have to deal with because maybe it's a more white population or, you know, more just English speaking population in general. Talk about some of the challenges or differences between coaching where you're at as compared to other parts of the state. Uh, you know, it's kind of odd. I think I, the one thing that kind of comes to mind is, uh, I've heard some really negative things about our program. And I think this kind of comes with a little bit of success that we've had. Um, and the negative things are like, you know, African-American kids don't get a fair shake at Western, which I find, which I find funny because I mean, Southwest Detroit is not, I mean, you can come and you're going to see every color, every culture and people right. embrace each other around here and we're nothing but good and kind to people. But if if they're mm -hmm. ugly, I mean, we, we will handle our business as well, too. So, <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's kind of been the biggest misconception that we've gotten. And, you know, I don't know if it maybe comes from one source or a bitter parent, which, you know, but I don't want to give those kind of things energy worrying about where it came from. I just mm -hmm. got to come out here every day and prove that. I don't care what color you are. You're going to be a baseball player at Western International. You're going to come play. You're going to learn the game the right way. And you're going to play hard for me for four years. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what the skin color is. You know, we've worked with kids on and Absolutely. off the field that, you know, Absolutely. I don't see those things. My grandfather, who you know, on my dad's side is as dark as they come. And my grandfather on my mom's side <laughs> is as dark as they come. So, you know, I have cousins that are darker than me and lighter than me. So, you know, right. I, we don't see color here. You know, I just want to know what you can do with that bat and glove and ball. Then we can, we can work it out. Red and white. That's about That's it. Right? right. Red and white. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, in, in, you know, transitioning off of that, just to your own personal growth. I mean, I've been very forthright in understanding that over the course of my coaching career, which began about the same time as you, I, I've watched this, you know, self-growth in a way that I know that I couldn't coach the same as I did back in 2002. I mean, I, I remember jumping yeah. in initially and playing or coaching with an intensity similar to what we talked about playing wise. What has been, what's been that area for you that you've noticed in your own self where you've grown the most as a coach? What do you, what do you think that is for you? Well, those first couple teams come around to practices and tryouts, you know, tryouts used to be called hell week and <laughs> there weren't, there wasn't, there wasn't a, there wasn't a baseball bat or glove. It was, I just wanted to see how tough you were. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was usually three or four days of just, just straight running and stuff. And mm -hmm. football players and basketball players would jokingly come in and say, ah, they're nothing. And they wouldn't last 10 minutes. And uh, they'd right. probably walk out the gym and not come back. Um, <laughs> so, but as far as that, so those early guys, they'll come around now and they'll say, coach, you've gotten soft. You know, and I felt like I've had to explain myself a little bit mm -hmm. and say, guys, this is, I got a different group of kids. You know, they, they have a different group of needs than what you guys have. And, you know, my uh, now my boys, they're, they're working, like I said, you know, 2SP, they're lifting three days a week. A handful of them come out of their pocket outside of what we fundraise for and go an extra couple of days, sorry, four or five days a week. So there's no reason for me to, you know, to break them. I let Joe break them over at <laughs> Yeah, I think Joe he can, can do break some them things. and I can build them back up. So yeah, that's so right. that's kind of been like one of the biggest changes as far as our program. Um, 
but you know, and that too, the, the, another change too, is like, you know, the bees are no longer around, but those last remaining bees teams are uh, with the warriors now. Um, but those are all still our kids that we've, you know, we've brought up and those are our bees coaches that are still there. Um, but you know, that's nothing here or there. So we're, we're figuring things out and we're changing things and you're going to have to adapt, you know, and then Adam, I'm sure he overuses it. Like I do, you know, baseball is a direct reflection of life. I don't care what sport I challenge anybody, you know, just the way how the game is set up is if, if it doesn't, if you can't find a correlation between a situation in a game and how life works, then you're not paying attention. That's right. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things you just got to learn and, and, you know, be better for it at the end of the day. Absolutely. Right. Adapt or die is kind of the, the, you know, the yeah. mantra. <laughs> Fight or flight. Right. Fight or flight. Absolutely. I did want to, I did want to hit one thing real quick here. Um, and, and, you know, talking about how your approach to the game has kind of shifted, right? Have your goals changed at all as you've kind of grown as a coach, right? You change your methodology a little bit, you know, you change the way you do things. You don't maybe run them into the ground as much as you used to. Um, but have the, have the goals changed? Are they, are they still the same? You just want to, you want to turn out good men. The goals haven't changed, man. Day one, like I told um, Mike, my cousin in uh, coaching said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. And the, the goal is going to be to win a state championship. And that's what we want. Nothing. I want nothing more than a city school mm-hmm. to win a state championship. And I want it to be Western international. Um, that's been the goal since day one. You know, we've come close a couple of times, had some really good teams. Um, right. But you know, that's the hardest part is to win your last game for high school season. You know, only four, only four schools get to do it. And, um, you know, I want, I want that for our kids. I want that for our community. I want that for our school. I want that for all the kids that, cause I know it, it, it'll feel, it won't be just the 17 or 18 that win that day. It'd be the hundreds of Absolutely. You know, the alumnus that have been through our program. Right. To build it. Like that. Yeah. And it's not something that I need for self-glory. It's it's just a matter of this is what our community, I know they deserve and, and what they want. So we're going to fight to try and get that. So you can hear that in you. you we just talked about coaching progression. And, and when you become that to that point where it's not about you anymore, it's about the mm-hmm. goal. That's, that's when we, I think we make our biggest impact and we've grown as much as, as we can as coaches. So here's the last thing for you. Now we're going to put you on the spot here, buddy. Uh-oh. <laughs> when you play, when you play a Western international team, what do you want that takeaway to be? What do you want people to say about you as they leave the field? I want them to say that we had to earn everything today. We had to beat them. I want them to say they didn't beat themselves. I want them to walk away and say, um, that those kids know the game the right way, they respect it the right way, and they play with a passion. And it's, I don't think it's any coincidence, Adam, your first compliment that day was one of our, my first very good compliments that I took away. And that's what I want. I want coaches to, to say that. Um, and I want programs to believe that. I, you know, the, the beginning was earning respect for the city. Now it's kind of keeping the respect for our program here in, in the city of Detroit. You know, because there are some um, Detroit Edison's doing some really good things yeah, this year. Yeah. Um, they got a wealth of talent over there. Mark Brown is doing a great job with his son, Mark Brown Jr. Um, so, you know, city baseball, I don't I don't want it just to be Western International. I want five, six teams from the city. I want inner city baseball to be back. 
And in a way where people are now kind of to jump on the bandwagon, I don't mind being one of the first people to try and start that bandwagon and people jump on as long as inner city kids are getting the opportunities that I know are out there. You know, Norm Taylor at Martin Luther King does a great job, you know, and he, you know, he just, he loves kids too. And he loves the game. And, um, you know, Norm, Norm is a great man. Norm is a great dude. I, I, I really respect and admire him and, I just wish he kind of had more of the support that I did. So I don't think, you know, and no disrespect to to what they do at Martin Luther King, but, you know, I know, I know that some of the challenges that he has to deal yeah. with. Yep. So. Listen, I want to thank you personally uh, for coming on the show. And I mean that not just in, in the way of transitioning and moving it and saying goodbye and all that other good stuff, but right. you, you, that day we played, you changed me and you changed me Thanks. for the better. And I value our friendship. I value the trust in, in, in these are short conversations, man, that we've mm-hmm. had over the years. And I just, I respect the heck out of what you do. And I, I wish you personally, nothing but the, the utmost success in everything that you do, man. Cause you, you mean a lot to me and I'm, I'm forever thankful that we schedule that game. Talk Thanks to man. Oh yeah. I, I, honestly, I want to say it was somehow an accident. We ended up getting uh, <laughs> on a phone thread or something too. Um, yeah. But, but you know that's a beautiful thing, man. You know, and I and I take that to heart, and I, I I wear that. That's that's a badge, and that means that means something to me. So thank you, Adam. I I really appreciate that. No yeah. problem. Go ahead, Coach. Go ahead, Rob. No, okay. Well, I was gonna say, well, you know, we were lucky enough to have Coach on the show, but he brought along some artillery as well with us. Um, we've got a player from Western International, so all the good things that Coach is talking about right now, he's gonna debunk them all for us right here. Right <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how Coach really is day to day. But please welcome to the show, uh, Hector Jaimez. Hector, how you doing, buddy? Good. How about you? I am living the dream, brother. Could not be more excited to have you on the show. Um, just first one, just as a quick, you know, just tell tell us, you know, tell the people, you know, who who are you? What are you about? You know, what position do you play or positions? I don't want to pigeonhole you. Um, you know, who who is Hector Jaimez? Uh, I'm, I'm a pitcher. I'm a senior. I work hard. I mean, <laughs> uh, it takes a lot to get me motivated. You know? Yeah. That's a, listen, you're a coach's dream when it comes to that. Just real quick. I want to ask you, um, you know, what's, what do you like most about playing for, for Western international, right? It's a different feel obviously than probably other programs is, but you know, you got a great coach here, obviously a uh, great program. You know, there has, there's some expectations I'm sure, you know, from a, from a league's perspective, you're expected to go out there and play to, to a high level. Uh, what, what's it like playing for Western international? I mean, it's fun. It's uh, mostly we like playing with the kids you grow up playing with. Since we were like nine. Awesome. So yeah, and then uh, I mean it's pretty fun being able to speak Spanish on the field and nobody understands us. That's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's fun. awesome. That's hilarious. It's fun. That's pretty fun. Then being able to play with my brother. So yeah, it's, it's a fun experience. <laughs> um, you know what? Let, let's elaborate on that just a little bit, Hector. You, yeah. you know, it, it really does seem like a brotherhood when you guys are out there. Um, I know that the community not only is close, but there is interwoven cl- uh, relationships and family. I mean, like in my, in my huddle, we, we say family when we get together and we break the field. Oh, well, you guys say family. It might very well be your brother or your cousin that's playing <laughs> alongside of you. So no what's that like? I mean, is it, it do you think it, it helps the bond of being a Western international cowboy of, of having such a tight knit community and, and, and understanding where you guys come from and, and what the, what baseball means to your community? I think it actually helps a lot. I mean, like being able to talk to each other, like telling each other like what you're doing wrong. They don't take it as a criticism. It's just like 
they take it as like, oh, they're trying to help us, you know, mm-hmm. like them hating on us. So they understand that we're just trying to help them. So I think it helps us a lot. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super important too, right? That peer to peer conversation, right? That the coaches has mentioned, you know, on the show before, and you just mentioned yourself, Hector, right? Is you know, do you find it as yourself as a player? Do you find it easier if if your brother or somebody from your team goes, "Hey, listen, you got this," or "Hey, you know, you need to you need to clean it up because of X, Y, and Z reason," rather than it coming from a coach or assistant coach? Uh, I mean, uh, from our coaches, because I've known for a while, I think it's kind of the same. But I mean, okay. It's, you know, like as a, uh, we know each other, like we're really close. So, I mean, if it was like a different person that I wasn't close with, it, it, it'd be a little bit different, but as long as, cause we know each other way, like more, we're closer. So, I mean, we take it as like, oh, they're just trying to help us, you know? Hector, so, you know, talking about that and, and the close knit part, part of the community, I think a lot of times when we view things from afar, we may not get the same message that, that, that you get. And, and coach talked, he's, he's a little bit more closer to my age. I know he's younger than I am a little bit more handsome than I am, but uh, you know, we, we, he talked about some of the challenges you guys face. Let me ask you, let me ask you as a student that, you know, lives and, and goes to school in Southwest Detroit, do you feel like these challenges are, are something that you have to overcome? Are they something that you have to deal with? Are they something that you recognize? And then the second part of that question would be then, if you do recognize these, do you appreciate baseball being that vehicle to kind of keep you moving in the right direction, so to speak? What do you think? Yeah, about I, do, I do recognize there's like uh, challenges we have to overcome. I mean, we get judged like right away from just going to Western, you know, being a right. uh, I mean, we also get judged from that. And I mean, baseball helps us a lot, you know, because like we go out there. I mean, we show them that it doesn't matter what, like if we're Hispanic or not, we're going to be playing just like you guys. do. We're going to play harder and we're going to win. You know, it's just going to show that we're it doesn't matter, like if you're Hispanic, black or white, we're all the same. That's right. You play the game a hard way and you and you reap the rewards as a, as a uh, result of that. And speaking of that. I understand that you have the opportunity now to move on to go to Henry Ford Community College. Can you talk a little bit about the recruiting process and what that's been like that for uh, what that what that's been like for you uh, this season and and how that feels, man? I mean, it's got to be a great thing for you to have that opportunity. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it started. Uh, we had a scrimmage squad during ball ball. That's when they went out to go see me, and after that, I just went on. We started talking. I mean, I thought JUCO would be a good option for me. Cause I get two years and I could transfer somewhere somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think that would help me. So that's, and that ended up like being my main decision and then talking to my parents. That was like, they thought that was the best choice for me. You know, Hector, you just mentioned something here that I don't think we've yet touched on on the show. And I think it's important to highlight is the Juco route and the two years and being able to transfer over to another place. Um, I think sometimes we get into this notion where we have, you know, it's D one or bust, right? When people think of playing uh, baseball at the next level, it's, you know, you think about the sexy programs and you don't think about the so many alternative paths that you can get to, even to get to the goals that you want to achieve. Um, You know, so to hear you talk about, you know, the fact that you already kind of have a plan, talk to me about how important it is to have that plan where you, you, you've just said it, go to Juco for a couple of years, right. You know, build up, you know, build your body up, build your skills up and then, you know, give yourself an opportunity to, to transfer to maybe a bigger program to get recognized more on a national level. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to have a plan because I mean, like you said, it's not just always D1 and bus. Absolutely. Other options to get to where you want to be your goals. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. I mean, Juco is a really good route. I heard good things about it. So I think, I mean, it's really important to have a plan also. You know, this 
Juco route they that we keep hearing about is is, <laughs> is extremely important, Hector. Um, you know, as a guy who that's one of my pillars of my program is to make sure that kids can have the opportunity to be able to go on to the next level. And right now, let's face it, with COVID and you know, D1s, D2s giving extra years to guys, mm-hmm. you there, there's really not much of a choice. What is your what is your main objective day one when you go in to show those JUCO coaches and then showcase for those D1s and D2s? What what are you going to bring to the table when you get over there to that next level at Henry Ford? What are you going to what are you going to show them? What 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 about your work ethic? What about your game? Are you going to be able to put on display for them? Uh, I'm uh, I'm going to be able to show them that I'm a hard worker. I mean, I'll do whatever it takes to get to where I want to be. You know. Uh, called um yeah i mean just that um i'm gonna keep getting better because i mean i've been getting better ever since i got to western i mean i put on a lot of weight a lot of muscle mm-hmm. and i mean i'm trying to get better you know i'm gonna get to my goal and i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get to my goal were you one of the guys that had the opportunity to go over to 2sp and work out yes yeah i um, yeah explain to people what that's like because i've known joe for years joe yeah. Neal, who runs 2sp explain to first of all explain what it's like second of all I know Rob had a question marked down. If you were able to go back and talk to your middle school self or talk to some of these kids that are coming up and going to be up and through the program, how important is that off-season conditioning and, and things like that been for you? Uh, I mean, 2SP was a fun experience. I mean, you go there, you work with the kids you're going to be working with the whole year, and you're there to get better. I mean, and they do do things the right way. They uh, Everything they do has a purpose. I mean, if I could talk back to myself and just be like, enjoy the process, because, I mean, I mean, I thought it was a fun experience. I love the process. I don't know why, but I mean, I fell in love with it. It yeah. was fun for me. I mean, and yeah, just hard, work hard. And I mean, enjoy the moment because it's not you can't go back to it. Just enjoy it while you're there. Hector, you sound like a pretty humble guy and I'm digging it so far. I can see why Coach brought you. I can see why, uh, you know, Henry Ford wanted to bring you in, you know, to their next level into their program. Um, I want to ask you, though, um, you know, a little bit more about you. What's a, what's a highlight? If you had one right before we, you know, and uh, we want to know you, right? So what is a highlight for you? Or, you know, obviously that state championship is something that maybe it, we'll talk to you a year from now while you're playing a college ball. I'll talk about that maybe. But until then, what is a major highlight for you personally in your high school baseball career? Mine was probably uh, the championship game that we had a tournament uh, that I pitched against Gross Play South. Okay. When I picked a complete game, I mean, I was a sophomore and my first year there, and it boosted my confidence a lot because I mean, I didn't. The, it was like, I mean, I threw almost a no hitter, but I mean, I thought I could have done way better. And yeah. then Gross Point was a pretty good uh, team, so right. just being able to throw the whole game and win the championship, I mean, it boosted my confidence a lot. That's awesome. That, that's Hector, fantastic. Are you ready to have some fun? Yes. <laughs> He's like, please, Man. please. We, we had, uh, we do a thing at the end with the players that we call rapid fire here. So we've got a couple of, of, uh, just some easy questions. I think they're pretty easy that we like mm-hmm. to fire at you and they're going to come right off the top of your head. So you don't have too much time to think about them. They're going to come one right after the other. All right. Okay. So with that being said, Let's let's take it out of like the seriousness of the challenges and what you're going to do at the next level <laughs> yeah. and yeah. find out just a little bit more about you. All right, you ready? Yeah. What video games keeping you up at night? What are you, uh, what are you playing really with play. the boys? I don't really play video games like that. Oh, no, you don't? Okay. You're the, you're the coach's dream, aren't you, Hector? Man, everything about you. <laughs> I don't really get involved in that a lot. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, what's do you have an activity outside of baseball that like that's your go-to like for recreation or something then? Uh, probably like basketball or just working out sometimes. 
Dude, well, you're, a, you're, a, you're a machine, bro. I swear. This is <laughs> I see why coach brought you on. I love it. Um, what's your, you got a walk-up song or, or, you know, a song that maybe you listen to as a pregame routine for you? Oh, uh, mine is to collapse by Eminem. All right. Oh, that's a good one. All right. You're going that. back in the archives there a little I bit. I can dig that. <laughs> All right. Um, what, MLB, what MLB player do you either like is your favorite or that you try to emulate your game out? Uh, mine has been uh, Trevor Bauer since he, went, uh, he was in Cleveland. Just the way he worked, uh, all the all the work he does before the games. I love how we had that loaded up, ready to go. Uh, all right, what's yeah. here? Here we go. Snapchat or Instagram? If you say you don't use any social media, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall out of the Instagram. Instagram, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We, do we got to follow on you, or uh, that is that only for uh, only for uh, <laughs> for the friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, no, no. <laughs> He's like, I don't need you guys looking at my stuff. <laughs> All right, last but not least, and most importantly, because Mrs. Wooly loves to have nights out on the town, Hector. So I got to know this, man. Truly, not, not the commercial stuff. Truly, what's the best place to eat in Mexican Village? Where am I going to get the best food down there? Uh, probably me, Pueblo. I uh, so. I, you know what? I heard that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really go out there a lot because, I mean, it's a pretty far drive out there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you get? What's, what's best on the menu if you go to Mi Pueblo? Uh, I haven't gone there in a while, so I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I don't know I've gone out there. <laughs> very nice. Listen, very nice. I can dig it. I can dig it for sure. I mean, I, can I just come over to your house maybe instead? Is that cool? Probably. That's probably your best bet. That's probably your best bet. We say that all the time. No yeah. doubt. Well, right. Hector, listen, just make sure we, when we play together on the six, you stop by. I'll give you some knucks, man. I appreciate you coming on here. I know it's not the easiest thing for players to do is to come on here and, and get comfortable with, you know, adults and figuring out, you know, what your role is in this. But you sound like you got it all together, man. And uh, you're going to be a good one over there for Coach Abney at uh, – Henry Ford. So best of luck to you moving forward. Congratulations on the accolades and, and great to have a great season this year. Just play well. I don't believe in luck. Play well. All right. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Hector. You're the man, buddy. I really appreciate you hopping on as well. Real quick here before we sign off, guys. Once again, I'm going to talk about, talk about this every single week. If you are a high school Michigan baseball coach and you want to either be on the show or if you like to have your scores read, just so we can keep an update and give the audience, you know, a heads up of what you guys got going on in your great programs around the state, please let us know. Contact us. We are begging you guys. Please, 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 please. We need those scores. We want to hear from everybody that we can throughout the season. The only way to do that is to let you guys know or let us know what you guys are doing so we really appreciate it but uh that's gonna do it though for this episode of the state champs extra inning podcast our thanks once again to coach juan sanchez and hector jaimez for stopping by good luck to them and their team as they make their way through a buzzsaw of a schedule this year for adam woolley i'm robin dyka and we will say thanks for tuning in and join us next week on the state champs extra inning podcast 